perfect. In every aspect of the game, you drop a pass, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. You fumble the football, and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts. And then you will run a mile. Perfection. Let's go to work. Alongside, every time you got to catch him in that slant, let him over pursue. He's already your game. You got to throw something at him. He's not ready for him. Rev! Miss Rev. Yes, sir. All right, listen. You ready to run? Yes, sir. Fake 23 blast with a backside George reverse. You got that? Fake 23 blast with a backside George reverse like your life depended upon it. Let's go. My friends, my friends, my friends, what is going on? It is time for another episode with your host, Zach Woodzel and Double Down with Dad. It has been a great week here at the Woodzel house. We're getting ready for Savvy's party here in a couple weeks. And so we're just being able to spend a lot of time together. Just got back from a family trip in, in Pennsylvania. This week, what I want to cover is the AFC South where I think there's a team that's on the rise and I think there's a team that's on the decline. But before we get there, I want to throw something in here about um, the Aaron Donald situation that happened last week. I wanted to make a separate episode, but I thought I'll just throw it in here real fast, um, maybe a couple minutes, and then we can get to the AFC South. For those of you that didn't see, the Rams had a joint practice with the Cincinnati Bengals and there was a fight that broke out, and Aaron Donald took off two separate Bengals players' helmets and was dual-wielding them like a medieval soldier wielding swords, swinging them, hitting people, going crazy. The NFL came out and said, we're not going to handle this. Um, it is a practice, and we have no authority over what happens in practice, so therefore it is up to the Rams to discipline Aaron Donald. A couple days goes by, uh, the head coach comes back and says, I've talked to Aaron, and we're going to handle the situation internally. I'm going to call 100% BS, and here's, here's a couple problems that I have. Number one, yes, this did happen in a practice, but I'm calling on the NFL to change that to where if you're having a practice with another team, it should be called a scrimmage, you can call it whatever you want. But if it is involving another team, you need to be able to have over control over what happens because there are situations like this that will happen, especially for two teams that played each other in the Super Bowl that still have tensions rising. You know, there's a lot of friction. There's a lot of emotions um, and so you can't tell me that you can't control this. There was a couple all during the week. Normally when I get in the car, I listen to ESPN radio, listen to Mad Dog Sports radio, listen to e- um, NFL radio, just to try and become more knowledgeable for you guys. So that way when I'm, when I'm talking, it's not just my opinion, but it's also facts that I'm giving you and, and it's, it's good information. So almost every different station that I listened to, they agreed that nothing should happen to Aaron Donald. And I don't understand why. One specific broadcaster, and I can't remember who it was now, so I don't want to to say it was the wrong person. He said that NFL players are not that influential to say that 
people are going to look at Aaron Donald and think that it is okay to go out and start hitting people with helmets. And I could not disagree more. We are living in the days of TikTok. We're living in the days of Instagram. We're living in the days of Facebook. And that's how this video came about. A reporter was filming the practice and caught the fight on film. So these young players that are in rec league, they're in high school, they see professional athletes doing this and they're getting away with it. So not that they're going to do it every day, but if something happens, these young kids who are still have quote unquote soft brains, they're still learning, they're still developing, they make mistakes, they're going to do this. They're going to hit another player and heaven forbid they hit a player without a helmet on and cause injury. So yes, the NFL definitely has this much play over people. It definitely have has this much influence. Somebody else says, "Well, it was it happened in practice and nobody got hurt." So, so as long as nobody gets hurt, then then it's okay. So, I'm going to tell you what. Whenever whenever my wife comes home, I'm just going to I'm going to let her start beating me up. I'm going to let her beat me up and I'm going to say, "You know what? You know, I, I'm going to call the law." And then they're going to show up and they're going to say, well, because you weren't hurt, there's nothing we can do about it. So it's okay that, that she hits you or you hit her or violence is okay because nobody actually got hurt. What? No, that is not the case. That is assault. When you take a weapon, I don't care if it's a baseball bat. I don't care if it's a football helmet. I don't care if it's a fist. I don't care if it's a log. When you strike somebody with something, that is assault. Now, let me also tell you why nothing is going to happen. And that's because of the player that it happened to, Aaron Donald, a top line defensive lineman in the game. And they have the biggest game possibly of the NFL season scheduled for opening week when they play the Buffalo Bills. There is no way that they were going to come out and say, you know what, Aaron, we're going to suspend you for a game and you're not allowed to play opening night against the Bills. Never would happen. A, that would hurt their ratings. We covered that last week in the episode when we talked about the NFL being about the bottom dollar and being about their their brand. I don't, I'm not sure what the correct punishment was. I would have suspended him for the opening night. Hit him where it hurts. He can't play the opening night when they play the Buffalo Bills. And they might lose that game anyways because the Bills are my pick to win the Super Bowl this year as a lot of, a lot of other people's. But you, the NFL has to do something. What that is, I'm not sure. Now, let's go on and let's talk about the AFC South. And I'm going to start with a great up-and-coming team who I'm excited to watch, the Jacksonville Jags. The Jags this season are looking promising. They did some good things in free agency. They did some good things in the draft, the best thing that they did was they got a new head coach in Doug Peterson. This team has some players on it from a a college team that I strongly dislike from the Clemson Tigers. They have Trevor Lawrence. They have Travis Etienne. But I really like the direction that, that this team is going. I like how they're looking. I like that they're young. I like the head coach that they have. This team is going to be, I'm not saying they're going to win the division. This year, I don't even think they're going to finish second in the division. But they're going to improve. 
they're not going to be the 2-14 and 14 Jags that they have been in years past. I think they're closer to 500. So let's look at what they did in the draft this year. Number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker. Great pick from Georgia. If you watch the any preseason, he did a pretty good job. Um, their other first-round pick that they had, a linebacker out of Utah. Their third-round pick, a linebacker out of Kentucky. Another third-round pick, they got a linebacker out of Wyoming. So they saw that their defense had to improve in order for them to be relevant, and that was 100% accurate. They did a great job with that. Now let's look at free agency. What did they do? A couple great additions, and I'm not sure how they pulled all of this off, but they did. Christian Kirk from Arizona to Jacksonville added. Brandon Scherf, the lineman from Washington, we talked about him last week, added to Jacksonville. Um, Aluakon, the linebacker from Atlanta, they got. Zay Jones, the wide receiver from Vegas, they got. Miles Jack, they did lose Miles Jack this year. He went to Pittsburgh on a two-year, $16 million contract. They did lose DJ, DJ Chark, but they Detroit paid him a lot of money that I don't think he was ever worth. So I think I think that ended up being a um a pretty big contract that wasn't necessary. Evan Ingram. I think this is going to be huge for Trevor Lawrence. Um he's not going to be a chunk it down the yard type of quarterback. So having a safety valve, the tight end that played for the Giants, I think he is a great young addition for the Jacksonville Jags. Um Laquan Treadwell, they got to re-sign their wide receiver. They did a lot of good things here in free agency. You know, they addressed the offensive line with Sheriff. They got some defensive players. They got Darius Williams from the Rams, the cornerback. So the holes that they did have, they filled. So what what is on their depth chart? Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback. A decent, decent player. He's not... To me, I think he was, I don't want to say overrated in college because he did win some national championships, but I don't think his success from college has moved over into the pros quite yet. Um, I think he's on, he's on the up and up. He finally has a good solid head coach. He's in a good offensive system. So I think this will be a big improvement year for him. I actually drafted him in fantasy. Uh, running back, Travis Etienne and James Robinson. I hope they put Travis Etienne on the death chart ahead of James Robinson and they give him more snaps. I really like what he can do. Last year, he missed the whole season with a torn ACL. I really like him in the backfield. Wide receivers, they have Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, and uh, Zay Jones. Tight end, they have Evan Ingram. Offensive line is, is in a pretty good spot. Defense, pretty good de- uh, defensive line. They, they're on the back end, they're a little bit questionable, and that's where I think they may, um, they may struggle a little bit on that back end of the defense. However, I think with Jacksonville, they have a good chance this year. Again, they're not going to win the division, so don't, don't throw that out there. Don't say that, that I'm taking that hot of a take. However, I look for them to be, Close to 500. They're going to have some games where they could win. But look for them to have some games where they lose. However, it's a one-possession game, and it could have gone either way. 
Look for the Jags to improve this year. Now let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. People, be on the lookout. The Indianapolis Colts are winning the division this year. They've always been close. They've always been relevant, but they have not had the quarterback to take them over the hump, and that's where Matt Ryan comes in this year. They had a couple good additions. They have a top three offensive line in the game. They have the number one running back in the NFL. They have a great defense. This team will win the division and finally make it into the playoffs. Let's look at their draft for this year. They didn't have any high picks this year. Their first pick came in the second round. Um, they got a wide receiver, wide receiver sorry, out of Cincinnati. Um, in the third, they had three third-round picks. They took two offensive players, a tight end from Virginia. They took an offensive lineman out of Central Michigan. And then they took a defensive safety from Maryland. So the Indianapolis Colts had some free agent signings, some free agent departures. Um, let's take a look at it. They, the biggest one that I think that is going to help them on the back end and, and that's going to help them be relevant, they got Stephon Gilmore from Carolina. They signed him to a two-year, $20 million deal. They signed, um, they signed a cornerback from Vegas. They did have a couple people that left, though, that I think could be a problem. Uh, Mark uh, Glaninski, he left. He was a guard. He left Indianapolis to go to the Giants. Um, they had their defensive end, Alquan Muhammad. He left to go to Chicago. Marlon Mack left Indianapolis to go to Houston. They did get Rodney McLeod. Um, we talked about him last week. He came to Indianapolis on a one-year deal of free safety. So, like I said, a couple people came, a couple people left. They signed Philip Lindsay, but they just cut him, so that's not really relevant. Um, like I said, a couple people came, a couple people left. But this team is still a, a pretty young team. They have a couple people over the age of 30. Um, Matt Ryan is definitely up over that age. I'm trying to find that really, really quick. I don't see him on the list. Um, but let's look at their depth chart and see what's going on in Indianapolis. Quarterback, they have Matt Ryan. They have Nick Foles at backup. They did get him this year. Um, running back, who I had the privilege of being the number one overall pick this year in fantasy. And, of course, I took Jonathan Taylor. Um... They have Naheem Hines behind him. Jonathan Taylor's a three-down back, so he's going to get all the carries there. The wide receivers, I'm really interested to see. Michael Pittman, I think he's a player that has been great for them in the past, but again, hasn't had the quarterback to get him the ball. Last year, he had just over 1,000 yards and only six touchdowns. So look for him this year to be up around that 1500 yard yard mark hopefully he can break 10 uh 10 receiving touchdowns tight end mo alley cox great tight end for them last year he only had 300 yards and four touchdowns so hopefully he can get some more targets a great offensive lineman matt Pryor, quentin nelson ryan kelly 
Braden Smith defense. They have a, some of the best, one of the best defenses, I think, again, top five. Defensive line, DeForest Buckner, Yannick Ngakwe, um, Okikiri, linebacker. And then on their back end, Stephon Gilmore, Kenny Moore, Nick Cross, and Julian Blackman. And, of course, the great place kicker, Rodrigo Blackenship from Georgia. So this team, again, and I want to pull up their schedule really quick. I think, I think they're going to do pretty well. They open up this season against Houston, which is an easy win. Jacksonville, I think they can, they'll beat Jacksonville. But then they have a couple tough games. They play at home against Kansas City, at home against Tennessee, at Denver, before they have Jacksonville, Tennessee, Washington, New England, Vegas, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Minnesota, the Chargers, Giants, and Houston. So the Colts this year, I look for them to be up up over 500. This division is going to be tight between them and Tennessee. However, and we'll talk about them here in a minute, um, Tennessee's on the way down. The Colts are on the way up. Here's the thing for Indianapolis. Matt Ryan has to stay healthy, and they have to win the games that they're supposed to win. If you want to win the division, if you want to start to be relevant, if you want to be a team that is on the rise, you have to win games that you're supposed to win. Let me give you a couple examples here. And some people may disagree with me, but when I look at this schedule, they have to beat Jacksonville twice. They have to at least split with Tennessee. You have Washington on the schedule. You have to win. New England on the schedule. You have to win. There's a couple games. You have to beat Pittsburgh. You have to beat Dallas. There's a couple games on here. For example, the Chargers, the Minnesota Vikings, who I'm also high on again this year, um, the Raiders. Those are games where if you win – that's great because nobody expected you to. But you have to win the games. Houston, if they lose to Houston, you can forget it. But they have to, if you want to be relevant, you have to win the games that everybody is expecting you to win so that you can win the division and move on. Now, let's very quickly, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time there because they are probably one of the worst two teams in football, and that is the Houston Texans. We'll go there really quick. The Houston Texans are a terrible, terrible football team. It's They're going to be hard to watch this year. They're going to be very hard to watch. Um, I just looked at their free agent list, and they don't have a whole lot of people. They lost their good safety that they did have, Justin Reed. He left to go to Kansas City. Um, they're all Their linebacker left to go to the Jets. They lost Tyrod Taylor. Nobody is coming to the Houston Texans in free agency. And this is kind of what we were talking about in the NBA with your market, with your team, with the the outlook of your franchise. How do you expect anybody to want to come and play with the Houston Texans? When you look at some of the talent they've had over the past couple of years, Deshaun Watson, they traded him. They had Nuke, DeAndre Hopkins, traded him. They had so they had a couple other players that Jadavian Clowney, my guy from, from South Carolina, 
drafted him. Now he's gone. Now, granted, some of those guys left in free agency, they traded some. However, when you get some of this generational talent, some people that could persuade free agents one way or the other to come or go, you have to keep those players and you have to pay them. Like I said, we're not going to spend a lot of time here in the draft. Um, I've, I clicked this link before I even started recording and it still hasn't come up. Um, so for whatever reason, it doesn't want to show me the Houston Texans draft picks, which I don't, I don't blame it at all. Um, here we go. Number third, um, the first round, number three overall, they got Derek Stingley, a cornerback out of LSU. Um, again, first round, number 15 overall, Kenyon Green, an offensive guard out of Texas A&M. In the second round, they got Jalen Petrie, a safety out of Baylor. Number uh, 44 overall, they got John Mechie out of Alabama. Number uh, third round, number 75 overall, Christian Harris, a linebacker out of Alabama. So a lot of the people that are on this depth chart are going to be players that um, are young, that don't have a lot of experience. So this team is gonna this team is gonna struggle to win any ball games this year. I think it's gonna be a battle between them and one of the other teams that we haven't covered this year. We'll get there um, as to who has the number one overall pick this year. Very quickly over their depth chart, Davis Mills at quarterback, Damian Pierce. It looks like he's gonna win the job down there. He's a rookie running back. I think he has potential. But again, if he doesn't have talent around him, it's going to be hard for him to succeed. Wide receivers, they still have Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Chris Moore. Offensive line, they still have Laramie Tunsil on the defense. Again, we talked about their draft picks, Christian Harris, Derek Stingley. They just don't have anybody. Um, And I'm not sure what to expect for the Houston Texans. Very quick, let's look at this schedule, and you tell me who they can beat. So I'll go over this really quick, but I want you to be able to to think as we go. Colts, Broncos, Bears, I think there's a potential. I hope they don't put that game on TV because that will be a terrible game. Chargers, Jacksonville, the Raiders, the Titans, Eagles, Giants, Commanders, Dolphins, Browns, Cowboys, Chiefs, and then back to the Tennessee Titans, Jaguars, Colts. I don't see very many wins for them right there. They might beat Chicago. I don't see anybody else they're going to beat, honestly. So let's move on to the other team in the division that I think is on the way down, and that is the Tennessee Titans. Poor, 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 poor Derrick Henry. I actually, before I started recording for the Tennessee Titans, I went to see when my man Derrick Henry could get the heck out of Tennessee and leave. But he signed that big four-year, $50 million extension with the team in 2020. So he can't leave until 2024. So he's locked in there. I mean, if we've seen anything, we've seen that, Teams, if they wanted to trade people bad enough, they could potentially get out of contracts, but they're never trading Derrick Henry. So, 
what is Tennessee doing in the draft to help Derrick Henry? In their first-round pick, they got Traylon Burks, a wide receiver out of Arkansas. The second round, they got Roger McCreary, a defensive back out of Auburn. The third round, they got Nicholas Petit-Friere, an offensive tackle out of Ohio State. And then the pick and the thing to watch this year in Tennessee. In the third round, they got Malik Willis out of Liberty. And in the, in the preseason, if you watched, Malik Willis looked really nice. He looked really good. He kind of, I'm not saying he is, but he kind of reminded you as like a Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick type player, likes to get out of the pocket, likes to scramble. And even head coach Mike Vrabel, when he was talking about Malik Willis and his progress and that one game that, where he pulled Malik, he said, I want to see him throw the ball. He's running too much. Hear me out. And again, I'm just, I'm an old high school coach. I'm a a dad that stays at home, plays Madden. So what do I really know? I would like to see this team start Malik Willis and run like a Baltimore-style offense with a read option with Malik Willis and Derrick Henry. Because Ryan Tannehill is doing you no favors at the quarterback position. He's not helping anybody. He's shown you that he can't win a playoff game. So look for Malik this year. I'm hoping to get a shot in Tennessee, but we'll see. So what happened with Tennessee in free agency? They lost a starting guard to Buffalo. A big loss for them, and I think this could be huge. I understand he didn't do a lot for this team. I understand that he's not the Atlanta Falcon that he once was, but they lost Julio Jones to Tampa on a one-year $6 million contract. They did gain Austin Hooper, the tight end from Cleveland. They got him on a $6 million deal. They got an offensive tackle, Jamarco Jones from Seattle. And then they did lose their linebacker that they had, Rashawn Evans. He was a pretty great linebacker for them. They lost him to Atlanta. So Tennessee, Tennessee's depth chart. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, wide receivers. They have Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, and then Nick Westbrook, Ikeni. Um, tight end, they have Austin Hooper. Decent offensive line, not, not terrible, but not the best. Their defense keeps them in games. Um, Tyre Tart, Harold Landry, Zach Cunningham at linebacker, Bud Dupree, Caleb Farley, their cornerback, Amani Hooker, Kevin Bayard, and then Kristen Fulton. Tennessee is on the way down because of the quarterback position. That's it. If you take and you give them, I'm not saying Malik Willis is going to take them to the promised land, but I think he's an improvement from from Ryan Tannehill. Last year, Tannehill threw for 3,700 yards, which was ranked number 16 in the league. He had 21 touchdowns and 14 interceptions with a QBR of 55.9. That's not... That's not great. That's not anything to brag about. He, in that, in that playoff game, he was 15 of 24, 15 of 24 for 220 yards with three interceptions. I'm not sure why you want this man on your team. 
he's he's not somebody that can help you. He's not a quarterback that can win games. He's he's Ryan Tannehill. So can they have I think Ryan Tannehill, if if you want to compare him to somebody in the NBA, think of like a I want to say Paul George, right? He's a he's an okay player, right? He's sometimes he's a he's an all star or a Pro Bowler, but he's never gonna he's he can't win you the games that you need to win. So Tennessee Titans this year, I'm willing to bet they finish second in the division, and be on the lookout if they don't get rid of Tannehill. Be on the lookout if he doesn't replace him this year for Malik Willis to take that job starting next year. This over and under section, I hope you guys don't mind this, but it might take me a little bit longer because I want to break down two teams. They have the Titans and the Colts both at nine and a half. So I want to break down both of those schedules and look at those game by game and we'll see how much what I think they're going to finish at. Um, but let's take a look. They have the Jags at, they have Tennessee at nine and a half, which we will look at them in just a minute. They have the Jags at six and a half. I'm definitely taking more than six and a half for them. Um, they have the Texans at four and a half, definitely going under on the four and a half. And then the Colts. They have at nine and a half. So let's look at the. I'm not sure why this isn't working. I have Tennessee's pulled up. So let's break it down. Let's look at Tennessee's schedule week by week and we'll see how many wins I have them finishing at. They start with the Giants, which is a win. They have, then they have Buffalo, so that's one and one. They have the Raiders, so that's one and two. They have the Colts, that's one and three. They have Washington, even if they win, that's two and three. They lose to the Colts, that's two and four. They beat Houston, three and four. They lose to Kansas City, three and five. They lose to Denver, three and six. They lose to Green Bay, three and seven. They lose to Cincinnati, three and eight. They might beat Cincinnati, or I'm sorry, they might beat Philadelphia, so we'll go four and eight there. I have let's say they lose to Jacksonville. That's four and nine or five and nine, I think. They lose to the Chargers, that's five and ten. They beat Houston six and ten. Even if they beat Dallas, that's only seven. And then if they beat Jacksonville, I have them maybe at eight wins if if I didn't lose track and I, I might have. So I have them at maybe eight wins and they have them at nine and a half. So for those of you that don't know the half, they have to get over that number. So for example, if they finished at nine, they wouldn't cover the spread because they're at nine and a half. So I'm definitely taking Tennessee Titans at under nine and a half. Now let's take a look at the Colts. I'm sure it's the same schedule, but it's just um, just in different a different order. They might have a, a couple different teams, but... Let me scroll over here really quick to the Colts. I thought I had it pulled up. I'm sorry. Now, the schedule for the Colts. I have them beating Houston 1-0. and 
I have them beating Jacksonville 2-0. I have them losing to Kansas City 2-1. I have them beating Tennessee 3-1. I think they can beat Denver 4-1. Even if they lose to Jacksonville. So they let's say they split with Jacksonville. That's 3-2. They beat Tennessee 4-2. They beat Washington 5-2. They beat New England 6-2. They'll lose to the Raiders 6-3. and three. They will lose to the Eagles 6-4. and four. They'll beat Pittsburgh 7-4. and four. They'll beat Dallas 8-4. and four. Next is Minnesota, and I think that's an interesting game. Let's say they lose to Minnesota, that's 8-5. and five. They lose to the Chargers, that's 8-6. and six. And then they close the season, they beat the Giants, they beat Houston, so that's 10 wins. And they have them at 9.5. So I'm going to take the over on the Colts at 9.5, taking the under with the Titans at 9.5. Definitely the under with the Texans at, I think they were at 4.5. And, and then my Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm taking the over on them with 6.5. I think they're pretty close with Tennessee for the second spot in that division. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up again for us. This week we covered uh, the AFC South. You heard my takes for a up-and-coming Jacksonville Jaguars team. I think the Colts are going to win the division. Next week I'm actually going to start recording that episode right now. Um, I normally go back and forth between the AFC and the NFC. I'm going to go to the NFC North with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And an up-and-coming team, I think, with a great chance to potentially win the division with the Minnesota Vikings. If you've stuck around this far, I really appreciate you. And I hope you guys have a great day. Stick around. I'm going to add a little clip at the end. Um, I forgot one of my favorite lines from Remember the Titans. So I'm going to throw it in at the end just to see if you guys maybe think I should throw that into the beginning or take something out. So let me know what you think. Again, I love you. Jesus loves you. Have a great week. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. And if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans.